You're listening to the Coconut Avenue Radio and Podcast Network. Welcome to Out There on the Edge of Everything, the show that examines, helps you understand, and effectively deal with the interesting edges of life. Broadcasting now from the virtual C344 studios overlooking the edge of Coconut Avenue is your host, award-winning and best-selling author, Dr. Stephen Lesovich. Hi, this is Dr. Stephen Lesovich out there on the edge of everything. As a life coach, I assist my coaching clients worldwide in helping them overcome unwanted change in their life and also to intentionally initiate positive change into their life. One component of effectively dealing with unwanted change in your life or initiating positive change intentionally in your life is to stay healthy physically. That's why I thought it'd be a great idea to talk to fitness expert and celebrity trainer, Mr. David Mariani of basketball.biology. David is going to share a number of interesting insights and important tips for living in the moment and following through so you can achieve the success you desire physically in your own life in the year 2022 and beyond. Hi, this is Dr. Stephen Lesovich out there on the edge of everything. I'm very excited today to be talking with David Mariani of Basketball Biology. Welcome to the show, David. Hey, thanks for having me. So I'm always very fascinated by names. Where did you come up with the name Basketball Biology? Well, I was before I was Basketball Biology, I was most performance. And then when I joined uh, Athletic Truth Group, my company I work with right now, I talked to Ben, who's Knees Over Toes guy, and we had thrown a couple names around and Basketball biology was the one that seemed catchy and it kind of seemed to fit what I was already doing with my social media and with my life. So it was, you know, what we ultimately decided on and that's how we got it. Wow, that's very interesting. I'm also a trademark attorney, so I'm very interested in how people come up with names and that's a very good one actually and uh, really does describe what you're doing. So you played basketball in college. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience and how it's influenced your life? Yeah, my experience with, with college basketball is really helped kind of mold my um, platform and it wasn't a traditional experience you know I went to a D2 school at first Cedarville University in Ohio very good basketball program on a part scholarship and I was about six three or six four I still grew a little bit freshman year but I went in at about 140 145 pounds so severely underweight undersized slow unathletic just worked hard to build my skills up but once I got to that level I realized that the skill work would not helped me get on the court. I needed to find a way to build my athleticism. And that really started my journey of finding ways that I can improve my athleticism and get over the injuries that I had dealt with since the age of 10. So I ended up transferring to Carthage College in Kenosha. I played there for two years. The first year, I was still figuring a lot out about basketball in my body. So I didn't play that much that year. And then my senior year, I played significant time. And I even led the team in rebounds on the most of the games I played in. It, it was a Kawhi Leonard saying board man gets paid and it's a stat that isn't as glamorous as the, the points and, ass- and assists but it's something that is very important towards your team winning especially offensive rebounds so I was guarding you know at, at that time I'd grown to 6'5 and I was guarding guys that were 6'9 6'10 but it really was an effort based I was skilled enough and I was giving enough effort to make an impact on the court, but I still had lacked the athleticism to get open for my own jump shot to score at a significant level, which is something I wanted to do was play pro basketball after. So, you know, the journey continued after college. I played lower level 
it would probably be like what single A is for baseball. That's what I did for basketball in Chicago, a little bit in Kenosha. And even then, I was still very, very far behind as far as athleticism, the speed of the game. And so it continued to search for answers. And that's you know ultimately what drove me to do this full time was I started to find answers that helped myself get more athletic. You know, my college coach, he said that I was the most unathletic and stiff player he coached in 40 years. And he wasn't being mean. Uh, it was extremely accurate. You know, and I, I wasn't delusional about it. I knew exactly that, that I was, you know, exactly what he was saying. I, I was extremely unathletic. I was very stiff from accumulating injuries. Uh, so I didn't take it as a slight. I took it as, you know, this is a, this is what the scouts are looking at at the next level. And this is, and that has kind of hurt me a little bit in my career from all the way down to 10 years old. So I knew I needed to find answers and I've been able to meet up with a lot of awesome trainers, awesome coaches, physical therapists, doctors, learn a lot from them. Uh, and ultimately that's stuff that I share with on basketball biology, my social medias. Oh, fantastic. And for those of our listeners that don't know where Kenosha is, Kenosha is in a city in southeast Wisconsin on the western shore of Lake Michigan, just above the Illinois border. You're a strength and conditioning coach for the Athletic Truth Group. What is the Athletic Truth Group and what kind of services does it provide? Yeah, Athletic Truth Group is uh, online coaching. Uh, we, we market at, towards athletes, but really, you know, it's everybody's an athlete. So it's for everybody. And you can find us on social media. Our website is atgonlinecoaching.com. What kind of makes us different is it's not something that you uh, sign up for and you get the program and you're on your own. Uh, it's a membership. And what you get is you get every uh, workout that you do is coached. Your form is coached. And this helps us uh, not just get results, but it helps keep things safe. So you'll get, uh, when you sign up, you get an app, you go on the app, you look at the videos, how they're described, and then you do them and you take a video of yourself and you send it in and then we form coach it and this has been huge as far as getting results and getting the, the word out there of how you know this program can help whether you're coming off injuries or you're just looking to increase your performance. Wow, that's fantastic. We're speaking today with Mr. David Mariani of Basketball Biology. And so there's a couple of components of your training as a personal trainer that makes you very unique. One of the things you talk about is getting people who work with you to be pain-free. What does that actually mean to be pain-free? Yeah, so for, for, uh, for a lot of people that that could be different things, but we focus on the physical side of things. So, uh, you know, I started with spraining my ankles and having shin splints at the age of 10. And, you know, that was my pain. It started from the ground up. Then I ended up tearing my meniscus, oscus, slaughters, Achilles and patella tendonitis. So I was having pain, uh, significant pain in my, my legs. So, you know, what we would do with an athlete is we regress the exercises so they can challenge themselves pain-free and then over time, as they increase that ability, they're able to overcome this pain and ultimately, like when you're a younger child, play pain-free. And that's really what it's all about. You know, whether the person's trying to make $300 million 10-year contract or they're just trying to play in college, the goal is to be able to play, you know, as like you were when you were a child and there's no pain. Another component of your training methodology is you celebrate the little wins. What does it mean to celebrate the little wins? Yeah. So, you know, once again, it's a, it's a gradient scale approach. So every Everybody's in a different area. You know, some of the super elite athletes that are making a couple hundred million, their little wins are going to look different than somebody that's just starting out. If somebody has significant knee pain, uh, like we deal with a lot, going backwards with resistance and able to get rid of that pain, even if it's temporary, is 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 a huge little win. It's something that we celebrate because over time, the more those little wins are stacked, the more the people are able to become completely pain-free and then they're able to do what they love pain. And another component of your trading methodology 
strategy is to actually deal with regressions that people go through. In our life, we're always going to have setbacks. We're going to have a bad day, certain things that aren't going to go our way. What does it mean to overcome some of the regressions that are going on when you're doing the personal training? Yeah, so term load management, I like it. You know, see some people will get lost with that stress management. Uh, what we'll find sometimes, well not sometimes, most of the times is as the year ends, the stress of the holidays, the stress of finishing a semester, athletes will tend to get injured at a higher rate, especially collegiate and high school because they're, they're taking their final exams and there's a lot of stress being placed. So what we'll do is whether they're in season or not, if those finals are coming up, we'll regress some of the workouts. So they may not be doing as much volume. They may not be doing as much intensity and we base it off of how they feel and you know if they're if they want to push the volume intensity they're more than welcome to but a lot of times just taking down some of that that sets and reps and taking down some of the weight helps them stay injury free through those tougher times and then the regressions as far as how that would look is like I you know sometimes I'll show on my social media I'll be pushing a car in neutral in reverse well we can regress that by all the way down to simply walking backwards and then adding a, a weighted sled to go back backwards with and then we can put one or two kilos on at a time and that's those those are just an easier way or maybe for some people to see what you know I'm talking about as far as regression. Well it's a great segue into my next question because my next question is one of the things you do is have people walk backwards. Could you just elaborate why that's important in the scope of uh, training an athlete? Yeah there's a there's a couple different things you know and uh, of why that works and a lot of it is still being studied and researched because for a lot of scientific research it takes 15 to 20 years to be cleared so the stuff that we're seeing with the the mental side of things but not being able to see where you're going and how it lights up the brain that's pretty new but what we're able to understand already is that it strengthens the muscles that help absorb the force and the more you can absorb the more force you can produce and as and the more force you can absorb the safer you are on the playing field regardless of what sport you're playing so across the board if you're playing basketball if you're playing tennis if you're long distance or you're you're not playing any sports, uh, you're going to start with backwards walking and then slowly add resistance. Yeah, that that makes things uh, very interesting to think about. And one of the components of walking backwards is trying to keep an athlete's body in balance. So if they're right-handed, they use their left hand and vice versa. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that uh, part of your training? Yeah, so that's something I do, you know, with the skill work. So I do skill work for basketball, but I don't do it with other sports. Uh, I, I, you know, I played soccer. That was my first sport. I, I did pretty well in high school, but I dropped it going into college and just focused on basketball. So the basketball side of things, the balance work outside of, you know, going backwards, when you talk about the skill side, uh, we'll have athletes are usually used to, to shooting layups with both hands. So they'll go on the right side, finish with the right hand, left side, left hand. But what we do is take it a step back further and we'll have them shoot with their non-dominant hand. So if they're right-handed, we have them focus on their left-handed jump shot all the way back to that three-point line. We're able to see increases not only in the, the non-dominant hand shooting percentage and efficiency, but also the dominant hand. So you'll see guys, you know, this is something that you can YouTube, and I like to point athletes to YouTube all the time. You can see athletes like Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Ron James, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. They, there's all footage of them shooting at a high level with their non-dominant hand. Uh, so it's one of those things that uh, we look at. Success tends to leave clues. You know, Muhammad Ali was the one that was pushing backwards running, and he was, you know, for pound for pound for how big he was, he was the best athlete at that size that we've still probably seen to this day. So we look at, you know, the opposite hand shooting as balance work, and we look at the guys like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, some of the greatest of all time, and they were doing it. Another example would be our jump 
jump program is called Jump Balance. And what you see with that is myself and, and most athletes, once they get out of that younger age, they start to establish a dominant leg they like to jump on. For me, being right-handed with the contralateral swing, I like to jump off my left foot. For a left-handed athlete, that's usually right foot. For somebody like Derek Rose, he would only jump off his left and left right. So he was absorbing, goes back to absorbing that force. He was absorbing the force with his left and then, and then redirecting that force. What happened was he ended up getting injured because he never balanced out his right foot. So you guys can look at, if you're listening, you can look at YouTube earlier in his career before his injuries. There's no footage of him dunking off of a right plant or a right left. Now, Michael Jordan was able to overcome the risk of a lot of these injuries because he was balanced enough. So he would jump left foot single leg and he would jump right left two leg which is still not completely balanced but it does balance enough where he didn't have any severe injuries that were lingering and then to take it one step further Kobe Bryant, who didn't have his Achilles tear until the, near the end of his career, he there's footage of him dunking off of all four plants. So left foot, single leg, right foot, single leg, right, left, and left, right, two leg. And that's something that if, you know, once again, we, the beauty of YouTube is you can go look this stuff up and you can see that, yes, Kobe Bryant was jumping off of all four plants and finishing with both hands. And this helped him become a better balanced athlete, as well as he was shooting with his non-dominant hand. And people will say, well, yeah, he started shooting with his non-dominant hand because he broke his right wrist. But the truth is, is his dad had him working on his uh, opposite hand shooting when he was a young uh, athlete. You'll see athletes will dribble with both hands. Most of them, especially at the elite level, will already have that ability. But when it comes to the shooting of both hands and then the balance work of jumping off of all four plants, not everybody possesses that all the way into the pros. I've seen guys in the NBA that I've worked with have 44-inch vertical on their dominant foot and then 38 or 36 on their non-dominant. And that imbalance not only is not great for in performance, but it can lead to injuries. So the better balanced they are going forward and back, side to side, up and down, the more likely they are to increase their performance and decrease the risk of injury. Well, that's so fascinating. I'm actually right-handed, but left eye dominant, which is kind of an odd combination. If I were training with you, what kind of advice would you give me to keep me in balance? Yeah. So what I like to have athletes start with right away, regardless of the sport they play, is I like them to start doing things with their non-dominant hand around the house brush their teeth, eat, eat with the utensils, fork and knife, fork and spoon with the opposite hands. And then depending on their sport, we'll, we'll dive into that balance work. So, you know, a goalkeeper I was working with in, in Wisconsin, he, you know, they throw outside the box from inside the box with, with their dominant hand. So I had him work on his non-dominant hand. And then they kick their kickoffs from inside the box and they usually kick it past half, which is a big kick. So I have them work on their non-dominant foot. Now, a runner like yourself, there isn't going to be as much of that specialization that you can do because you're not using your hands. You, the balance work for a runner would be more of getting them to go backwards, starting with just jogging. And then when they're comfortable, they can increase the intensity by sprinting backwards. And then same with everybody else. You would still be doing things around the house with your non-dominant hand. We're speaking today with Mr. David Mariani of Basketball Biology. So David, uh, what do you do to challenge people that you're personally training? Well, you know, this is a, the, the balance work is extremely challenging. So, you know, I, everything up to the NBA guys, if you have them try to jump off of the, the, the foot that they're not used to jumping off of, you'll see one of the, the greatest challenges they've probably ever gone uh, under because the brain is, is telling them that it's not natural. So you can see it in real time, and then you can see them improve very fast by attacking those weaknesses. You know, what I like to work on with the athletes, assess them, and then figure out what their weaknesses is. The nice thing about today is that most athletes, high school and beyond, they have footage 
So I can just, when an athlete reaches out and wants to work with me, what I do is I go find their footage and I start to dissect it right away. So it's a lot of times that saves us from doing an assessment in person. And before I even meet with them, I know exactly what they need to work on. So that's something that's, that's huge. The, the, challenging, the challenging parts being, you know, balancing them out and then building strength from the ground up, which is something that a lot of these athletes, you know, don't have. I just went to a, a popular high school tournament, and most of these guys had weak tibialysis. The tibialis is the muscle, sometimes called the shin muscle, that runs in the front of the leg. It's very important for balance. It's very important for getting low. And the lower your center of mass is, the more explosive you can be. So you'll see guys... Uh, and girls, once the game goes on, they start to rise, the hips come up, and then they're less explosive. Uh, but if they're able to strengthen that tibialis muscle, then they're able to stay lower and explosive. And as the other players start to rise, they can really attack the game. Uh, it's something that's n- not widely understood, but it's something that with my social media, I've, you know, I've gone viral for showing the tibialis muscle training. Uh, there's been tibialis training in the past. We've gone away from it, but uh, it's never a, a bad time to start getting back into those things. Yeah, and balance is so important, not only in athletics, but in all every aspect of our lives, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we try to stay balanced in everything we do physically, mentally, emotionally, and that's especially important if you're an athlete to keep the body in balance. Uh, we're speaking today with Mr. David Mariani of Basketball Biology. Now, wh- one of the things that make you very different than other personal trainers is you have trained and continue to train many different types of athletes from middle school, high school, college, even professional athletes in the NFL, the NBA, and the Major League Baseball. Um, can you share with our listeners the names of a couple professional athletes you've been training? Well, you know, we, I, I'm coming, I come from Kenosha, and we've actually been blessed with a, quite a few uh, world-class athletes. So I was able to work with, with Melvin Gordon, who plays with the Broncos right now in high school. I was able to work with Gavin Lux, who was the number one prospect in, in baseball. Uh, I worked with Tristan Jass, who is, you know, one of the top basketball influencers, and those guys are all from Kenosha. Then once I started to move around, I was able to touch base with not only athletes but celebrities in a sense, like Post Malone's manager Dre London. He, had, you know, he has knee issues. A lot of these guys have knee issues. I was able to work with him. Uh, spent some time before season this year working with Antonio Brown, uh, and then guys in the NBA like Matt Mooney, who just I think got called up to the Knicks. Uh, so it's kind of a, you know, a, a broad spectrum. What we see is the football guys have an understanding of there needs to be strengthening because they do it at such a young age where the basketball guys they're still a little slow to it because we were all raised under the understanding that lifting weights would mess up your jump shot which is not true unless you're doing things recklessly anything done recklessly can mess up your jump shot it can mess up your balance but yeah the football guys tend to be the ones that are reaching out a little bit more but what you see a lot of times is they were so gifted as an athlete with the 40 plus inch verticals with the four three you know sprint times that they didn't realize until they got their first injuries that they might need to do something different. So everybody's, you know, it goes back to that scale. Everybody's a little bit different on where they are on that scale. Being able to work with the, those elite athletes, you're able to, you know, see a lot. You'll be able to figure out a lot about, your, you know, yourself, them, and the training that takes place. We're speaking today with Mr. David Mariani of Basketball Biology. What is one of the most interesting things you've learned from training those professional athletes? Probably the most interesting thing I learned is that, you know, they they don't have all the answers. I think growing up, you know, you you idolize athletes. I grew up, you know, when you're in Kenosha, you get WGN. So I was able to catch the last three championship runs by the Bulls. And you think that these people 
live perfect lives that they don't have, you know, they don't make mistakes. And it's a lot different in real life. You start to realize that everybody is struggling with something and that everybody can probably improve on something. So it's a lesson that, you know, I, I go to with my younger athletes because they are still under the understanding that these elite athletes have it all figured out. And it's just not the case. They're awesome, awesome guys and girls that I've worked with. But, you know, the idea that anybody's perfect and has no struggles, I have not seen that, you know, and I've been able to work with athletes of all kinds around the world and, you know, all different types of, of people. And I've never met a perfect person. I've never met somebody that's not struggling with something. So it's important that, you know, I tie that back to my athletes. It's important that they focus on what they need to improve on uh, and then let everything else, you know, play out the way it needs to play out because we can get caught up with social media, uh, worrying about what other people can do that, that we can't, or, you know, wor worrying about what other people have that we want. Uh, and it can take us out of the moment. It can take us out of what we need to focus on uh, that we can control versus what we can't control. Yeah, absolutely. And what personally gets you out of bed in the morning, David? Well, I know what personally gets me out of bed is, is probably knowing that there's, you know, millions and millions of athletes that are in pain. You know, the we're spending more money and research towards training than we've ever spent in history, but we also have more injuries at every level than we've ever had in history. It's not something that we're just seeing in the pros. It's not something we're just seeing in new sports. We're seeing it across the board. So that really drives me, knowing that there's athletes around the world, regardless of the age, that need to get pain-free and and that really drives me. You know, I was one of them and now I'm pain-free, so I want to be able to help people that want to get pain-free themselves. What's one thing you do on a daily basis that creates a positive impact in your own life? Well, there's there's a few things. The one thing that, that helps me a lot is, is, is walking. You know, I, I try to take at least one 15 to 20-minute walk a day, uh, sometimes multiple walks. That helps get my, you know, my brain going. That helps me start to clear my head a little bit and start to think you know, about what I can do that day that will be beneficial to myself and those around me. That's some good advice just for anybody in general is uh, take a walk, clear your head, go outside, be in nature, no matter where you are, and just change your environment. Then you can change the energy around how you're feeling. That makes a big difference in just day-to-day uh, -day life. So you have a large social media following and you have 100K or so followers on Instagram alone. Where else can people find you on social media and what are your social media identifiers? Yeah, they're all basketball biology the tiktok and instagram have a dot after basketball before biology and then the youtube which i just started is just basketball biology there's no dots in there uh, and that you can find me on any of those the tiktok i just started growing even instagram um i was at about three thousand followers last year uh and i talked with my with my friend ben and we decided okay we're going to put a lot of my time and energy into, into growing it. So that's when I, you know, focus uh, on posting every day, uh, doing stories every day, and then trying to provide value every day. That's the one thing that we tie back to is not just putting out mindless content, but putting out something that has value. It doesn't mean it can't be entertaining. The ground floor of that is is the value side of things. You know, is this something that will help people? Uh, and if it's something that will help people, then, you know, I'm happy to keep putting it out there. And if I grow, you know, the growth isn't, isn't up to me. So, if, you know, if the Instagram people and TikTok people like me, they'll get me on the algorithm a little bit more and I'll grow. But that's not something that too focused on. I'm focused on the, the providing value side of things. What is the best way if someone was wanting to contact to engage you for personal training to you? Is it Instagram or is it some other way? Yeah, Instagram DMs, without a doubt. The direct messaging uh, feature on, on, on Instagram is where I do most of my conversation, almost uh, as much as I do on my phone through text. Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about you personally or basketball.biology? Well, uh, 
that's a tough question. Got a yeah. tough question in there, David. <laughs> yeah, I would say that if you know if you're listening to this and, and you're struggling, try your best to to focus on what you can do today versus you know what's going on a month from now, a year from now. There's been times myself where I, I get a little too excited or too worried about things that are happening in the future, and it can take me out of the the moment and that can create anxiety and it can create a little bit of lack of productivity. So if you're listening to this, just focus uh, on right now and, and what you can do to help. And then also something that has helped me a lot is I don't know much, but what I do know is if I want to learn something, I go to somebody who's getting the results that I wanted to get myself. So for training, uh, that ultimately led me to Ben Patrick and he was getting these results with all the athletes. So I was able to learn a lot through him. Everything that I learned, I, I learned through somebody who is is leading kind of their industry, but also just getting the results that they that I want, uh, just like yourself with the legal work and the life coaching. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today, David. Thank you very much for doing this podcast with me and enlightening my listeners on my channel out there on the edge of everything. Well, thanks again for having me and, and thanks for all you do. Uh, again, I've been talking to David Mariani of Basketball Biology. Thank you. Until next time. I'm Dr. Steven Lesovich, out there on the edge of everything. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe to my channel, Out There on the Edge of Everything. It's available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many other podcast providers. You have been listening to Out There on the Edge of Everything, the show that examines, helps you understand, and effectively deal with the interesting edges of life. For more information on your host, Dr. Stephen Lesovich, please visit slesovich.com. For more information on prior and future shows, please visit coconutavenueradio.net. This is the Coconut Avenue Radio and Podcast Network. <laughs>